hey, you know, internships suck in this industry. You know, the industry is trying to get its stuff together. Nobody wants to fuck this up. You know, nobody wants to, like, get this wrong. People who didn't necessarily have advantages that I had, you know, due to my skin color, you know, where I came from or how I did things. I'm compelled right now to be in an industry that is talking about it and is pointing to the solutions, but, you know, maybe not fast enough. You know, we, we're, we're a much more fluid ecosystem of this. And that's why I don't get too bit out of shape when people call for the death of advertising and all this kind of stuff that goes on and on and on. Welcome to Loud and Clear, a podcast for those who give a shit about advertising. My name is Francisco Cárdenas, your occasional host. On the production, Rolf Rees, we are with Ben James, who is a creative director that has been around. He started at the Richards Group, The Magazine. He has been in Crispin Porter and Bugoski, TVA Boulder, YNR. He also passed through J. Walter Thompson, where he was an executive career director in their New York offices. And then he moved to take the head of creative position at T-Brands, where he recently finished his tenure there. T-Brands is a New York Times division that creates content for brands in context. And when he was hired there, Ben was referred to by T-Brand president Amber Guild as kind and thoughtful human being. I happen to agree with that. I know personally know Ben for several years, and I had the pleasure of seeing his career and being able to stay in touch and discuss what happens here in the world of advertising, as I am the principal of digital and social media strategy here at Lerma. What Amber Guild says is obviously something I agree. Ben has been traveling and I convinced him to, to be part of the show to talk a little bit about advertising, his experience as a creative director, and where does he see the future going in that ever going journey of trying to understand where agencies are going and how they position themselves and how they bring more value into society. I think Ben's point of view matters. And I think it's interesting to hear. Ben has won the One Show, the Webbies, Cannes Lions, the MTV Video Music Awards, Time Magazine's Best Invention List, the CES Innovation Awards, and the Sundance Film Festival, among other awards. Is there an award that I missed there, Ben? Or you want to add something? Uh, yeah, there might there might be, but <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, it's a it's a pretty it's it's a fun list, and um, all those things were great. It was a it was it done a wide spectrum of things. I mean, earlier you talked about one one of the places that you missed actually was like uh, I was at CAA for a while in between all that, and I did uh, brand entertainment in the marketing world there. And then, um, yeah, later was chief creative officer at J. Walter Thompson for a little while, but those are really great. I think more importantly, and, and what I wanted to say was, um, yeah, I've, I, as you know, I've known you many years as well and consider you a thoughtful and kind, uh, and generous, uh, spirited person. So I'm really glad to be here and talk about this. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it's been interesting. And, and, and you and I have been talking about this for a while um, about 
you know, the, the, the role of ad agencies in society, how we're structured and, and, you know, there's a big, big, big topic on diversity, equity mm -hmm. and inclusion, which you have, you know, you have been on that conversation for a while, um, with, with the jump start program you did at J, J. Walter Thompson. What is your take right now with now really everybody jumping into this conversation and, 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 and doing the things they're doing to try to, to be better and to do best. Yeah. I mean, thanks man. Like what, what you're referring to is the jumpstart program that we started at J Walter Thompson a few years back. And, um, actually Matt Eastwood, the global CCO was a big leader and part of that and bringing it in and it was a global program. And then we really sort of brought it into the New York office and really thought about what we were doing. And yeah, you know, I'll tell you is like at that time, it was probably, it was like four years ago and we sort of thought about, Hey, you know, internships suck in this industry. My own internship or I had internships where, um, you know, we sat in a closet and we stayed all night and, you know, we were doing spray mount booths and, you know, and inhaling toxins and, you know, they, they, they wouldn't necessarily have passed OSHA compliance, you know, and, and, um, like Is that, still that happening? I don't know that I don't think it's happening more thankfully because I think a lot I think you know the industry is trying to get its stuff together um you know when it comes to this there I think there's a lot of places trying nobody wants to fuck this up you know nobody wants to like get this wrong right um, but there's a lot of work to be done and there's still a lot of wrong things out there you know so at that time we started at that let's start there is like just entry into the industry was bad and another piece that was bad as bad as it was of sitting in a closet or whatever it was back then um it's even worse in many dimensions of worse for people of color and um you know people of other socioeconomic backgrounds people who didn't necessarily have advantages that i had you know due to my skin color you know where i came from or how i did things mm -hmm. and, you know, this is also the challenge is like, it, that wasn't easy either, but it, it was still like, you know, it's many, many dimensions worse for people of color, period. Um, you know, but we started with like, well, let's give people with diverse skill sets access to what we want to do, you know? Um, and a lot of it, we actually hooked up to, well, if we get, this experienced designer who comes from India uh, together with this group that understands health conditions in other parts of the world or something. Maybe we can do things like print a 3D stethoscope, you know, like that kind of thing. And then ultimately, that's how you get to answers like Bon Jovi Acoustics Aria, which is the thing that gets the award at CES in the category of, you know, technology built for a better world, you know. Nice. And, um, you know, that's, I can draw a line back to that direct result that like, for example, we would not have achieved that work without VB, Vibhav Banat, who is still, um, in experienced design at now Wonderman Thompson. Shout out to VB from Loud and Clear podcast. Shout VB, out. VB. I hope he hears this. Um, I talked to VB the other day actually, and, um, but VB's from India and 
um, had come in, you know, I believe, I think it was SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, like came over and then like, but he had a skill set that like, we wouldn't have necessarily been like copywriter, art director, mm -hmm. you know, like he was just creative and he could do all these other things. And he was touching brand design and naming design. And there was another, there was a team that was all around him, you know, and with other people. And he and, and others as part of that group um, just did phenomenal work. And so I can draw a line to that, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, the industry still has a lot that it's getting wrong. I think, you know, we're rightfully pushing up from internship into the other levels inside of agencies and really looking at, well, all the way up to the boards of places, right. you know, who has a seat at these tables, the board, the C-suite, the creative leader, the strategic leader, the, the mix of people that you actually have in control of making decisions inside of an agency, and then down into your teams at the multiple different levels. And it's, it's a, um, you know, in design thinking, they call it a wicked problem to solve. You know, there's a lot of different moving parts to it. And, um, a lot of work to be done. So I spent a lot of time with groups of people focusing on this a lot of, sometimes, honestly, not making as much progress as I hope, or even that I know I'm capable of. And I want to try harder every single day to do this. And um, I'm, I'm compelled right now to be in an industry that is talking about it and is pointing to the solutions, but you know, maybe not fast enough. And, mm -hmm. uh, but things are gonna start moving much faster. The rate of change that we're entering in into the world right now in every aspect of life, you know, I believe that we're entering into a new paradigm for, for all things. You know? So back, so if, if we, you know, go back to the original question of, of how diversity and equity and inclusion are coming to life in agencies. You started this program a while back or a couple of years back. Um, do you feel um, the industry is on the right track? So so do, do we believe advertising agencies will indeed make a change? It seems the way you were describing what you guys did, which is amazing and obviously had results, right? Uh, which I have another question about that of, you know, at, at CES and then you have the great project, the fin you did, uh, which maybe we can talk about, but before we talk about the fin is, do you think the, the, the industry is on the right track and are we doing the right things to, to course correct the model and who we bring into the space to build amazing stuff that really make a difference? I think we're still operating at a pretty surface level approach to the problem. I, I think that we, a big challenge is that we happen to be in an industry that breaks it, its messages down to these often simple cliche answers of like, you know, like the, the, the kind of just expression of what it is. Cause you know, the challenge of what we actually do as a craft is that sometimes you, you know, let's think of one space, right? You, sometimes you have six seconds to reach somebody with a message, or sometimes you have less than that. 
you have seven words in a billboard to actually try to get someone's attention. So we're all experts in breaking complex business problems down to very, very simple answers. But, uh, you know, we have to expand thinking into like branded content level <laughs> approaches to the problem. We need the 800 word sort of thought leadership, you know, that you might get from like a native content kind of approach. But, um, you know, these are, um, these are years and years and decades and decades and centuries long problems to correct. So, um, there's a, a lot to turn over, um, and we need to do it quickly, but, um, it's interesting to think about, right? Like, is like, you have to think in like six second kinds of patterns and you have to think in 30 seconds and you think in 800 words or seven words. These are the ways that we think about things. Mm. These problems have been going on for centuries. So I wonder if that sometimes the perception of what we're, of how we're going to act or the actions we're going to take as an industry way more on doing what's right versus what appears to be right. So whether, whether it's those six seconds or starting a program, um, are we bold enough to just take a stand and say, this is what's right and we have to do this versus let's do it because it looks right and it sounds right and people will perceive it as, it, as, as what but is right. And I don't want to get, I hope I'm not getting too philosophical here and course correct me uh, for our audience, but it's a question that comes from being truthful to solving real problems versus appearing to solve them. Yeah, I think that people are really trying to deal with that. I mean, it, what's interesting is that if you sort of take that either parallel or as part of the overall agency business and agency system is like, isn't that part of the challenge of like what we have overall as a business? Like we appear to be digital. Well, what's that? You know what I mean? Like, you know, what are these kind of practices? I don't know, man. That's, that's like a, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's it's taking a hell of a lot more than, um, you know, casting. Yeah, I mean, I love I love the idea of bringing, you know, there's this book that I love, uh, Dream Teams, from the founder of of Contently, Shane Snow, uh, that talks about the diversity and how much it it kind of brings to life. Uh, uh, different possible solutions to any problem. So I love, I, I love how how you approach that. Um, how do you bring teams like that together? And you know, you sometimes don't know if you're bringing in the right people uh, to to solve something or to bring to life a campaign. Um, how do you fund that? What is the what is the model from an agency perspective that we should be looking at? Like, well, how did you guys do it? Like, how did you guys bring, I, I mean, I know you talked about interns, which that's an easier answer, but like, if, if you, if, if you want to bring experts, a diverse uh, pool of experts, 
How do you do it? What we were doing then started at entry level, you know? I mean, we were looking at, well, we want have to have a more diverse output, you know, diverse in a different way. We don't want to just be stuck in the three mediums that the tradition is known for. We want to go beyond it. And so we're going to need different points of view and different skill sets in here. So we had to start actually being comfortable with bringing people in from other places. And what that involved then in the program of it was to actually invest in spending the time teaching people, mentoring people, bringing them along in the process. I and this it. is not something that historically we've done well in the agency world. Like it, you know, it's, it's, it seems to me that a lot of the things that I've seen, it's, it's a, treats it like a quarterly business rather than something that's more long-term, you know? And, um, you know, uh, like one of the things that you mentioned, Amber, my partner and boss, you know, when I was at the times, you know, one of the things that she would talk about and champion was just, you know, better training for people and a better career letter and a better path. And, you know, I know that like that group works on that now. And I'm like, we need to bring that into the agency world. Do you, when we started, did you, do you remember looking at a lot of job descriptions for the jobs that you were up for? No. I don't remember that ever. Right. I remember printing my book out at Kinko's and putting it in a FedEx box and crossing my fingers. And then it was like, were the jokes and images and things in my book, would it respond like, would that, you know, would that elicit a reaction enough that the people on the other end were willing to fly me there to talk to them? Yeah. Like that, was, that was the interview process for entry. And the creative space is very particular, right? In that sense. I think the book was your, your presentation card. Yeah. For, for planning, you know, brand management, media, you know, important, important pieces today on how we tell stories, right? Like I've always been surprised that like other disciplines in our industry don't like sit more on portfolio. Yeah. Like everybody's you know, have one. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've worked with some of the, some of the most creative account people and some of the most creative people I've worked with have been on the business side of what we've done. Some of the most creative people I've come across are in media. I've come across extremely creative salespeople. And what's so interesting is like when I talk to them, you know, it's, it's like, I want to know what work they were part of or responsible for in the world, but we've like turned creativity in this exclusive club that we don't let anybody else into. And it's like, man, no, like the stuff I've worked on, I want to bring everybody in for a perspective of what they have, because I want the full energy of their human experience involved in what we're doing. Cause you're just going to get better results when you get motivated people to actually engage in what you're doing to create things that are going to touch culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I just gave, uh, 
te invited me to give a chat um, at the One Voice event, Voice Over Talent. And uh, what, what the title of my chat was, I, I pay to not listen to you or I pay to not hear you. And I believe like, you know, yes, the creative um, community was somewhat closed, but when it came to the digital space and people actually were given a choice to listen or skip or turn or change the channel or pay even for no ads. Uh, a lot of creatives that felt uh, empowered uh, thinking that their their work was always, you know, awaited and there was expectation to listen to that 30 second ad. Uh, was an, an eye-opening event to see, wow, you know, people might not really love what we do <laughs> if we don't do it right, right? If we, if we don't do it right and we don't connect emotionally. So, um, so I think, I think bringing people together from media and other perspectives, I think adds value to all the work we do, right? Like in how we connect uh, a brand manager, for example, uh, uh, a, a media guy that, that sees the behavior when people interact with any, any piece or any space. Uh, it's pretty cool that as far, as far as format, you're a creative that has kind of traveled around, you know, you've been on the publisher side, you've been on the ad agency side, uh, a little bit of an inventor, <laughs> if yeah. you will. Where do you see this happening? I see more and more, uh, the line, the, the line that differentiates each marketing discipline, whether it's PR, publishing, advertising agencies, even media companies, to be honest, as we're, as we're saying this, it's blurring to who comes up with the concept, who tells the brand story, uh, does social media happen at the PR department? You know, is there, what's, what, what's the future in your, from your point of view, from Ben James point of view? You know, I mean, I have found the most fun upstream in the process when things are more in the strategy state about what are we doing to do brand building? Like even more than advertising, I'm interested in brand building, you know, because this is where the values of a business are actually touching culture, you know? And like campaigns that I've led or teams that I've been, I've led or been a part of, um, some of the most rewarding stuff is like the, you know, creating 2000 assets worth of material for a CPG brand that goes into 86 different countries, you know? Wow. And like seeing like the voice and character of that brand become a VR film in Sao Paulo and the voice and character of that brand become an innovation, you know, a, like Mizwak flavored Listerine for Ramadan or, you know, like whatever it was and like things that would never have like come from me alone, you know, but like to create a voice that you let live in the world and that people can do. So like, you know, the fun in the industry, I think is moving to the part of what we do is like brand building. Now there's brand building agencies that, you know, do that our job is the naming and, you know, the color palette and the thing, but there's like, what about the value system that goes along with things? And what about the message? You know, the thing that people should check out, mm -hmm. like that I saw recently, that's really influenced me 
is work that um, the Deloitte Heat people have done in a study that they call Brandworth, Brandworth by Deloitte. And um, Maggie Windsor Gross, who's a strategist on it, who's a friend, um, after I saw the press release on it, I called her, I was like, man, this thing's like jazz. <laughs> it's like jazz to the marketing discipline, you know. A consultant company, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and but what they did is they correlated, you know, brand value to revenue with measures of a brand's values, influence on its product and the product experience, message memorability and cultural connection. And when you score high on those and it touches people well and your net promoter score goes up, your revenue goes up to the tune of like one degree on the net promoter equals $1.05 billion. Mm -hmm. The size you know? of the price. And they studied it across like 25,000 brands that they worked with. Mm. Not my work, friend of mine that did it. I do you think it. you would have been able to do that in... Um I don't want to say Walter Thompson, but Leo Burnett or another agency, do you think that would have happened to that level of analysis and the way yes. she framed that? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's possible. That's absolutely yes. possible. Like um, one of the things uh, that I loved so dearly about the J. Walter Thompson days and what is Wonderman Thompson now still is the data that they have, both qualitative and quantitative, they leverage to do these phenomenal things. They, they do these really remarkable studies. If you want to hear about somebody great, look up the work of Mark Truss at, at um, Wonderman Thompson um, and like what he does in like studies. And for years, JWT had the sonar report. And if I remember, you know, the data people, you, you have to be very exact and you know, be careful about how you get quoted in this stuff. But like, I can remember doing things there that you know, in a study of 500 people looking for answers about a brand or the way that people felt about a concept, um, you could get the same kind of answers and information that would match what you would get out of, you know, running Google Analytics or, or looking at something quantitative. Cool. And I mean, a lot of that was just like in how things were written and how things were sampled and how these studies were constructed. There's a huge value in all that stuff. I've always found value in like the research that we do. This yeah, is I mean, a talent like this that have found a home in ad agencies and have been able to apply their knowledge, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, yes, it, everyone I think is searching for this binary silver bullet outcome on who wins the, you know, the, the the consultancies or the agencies you know i mean um but if you're a client who do you go to right like you have a, a specific budget what do you do do you go to deloitte i do you I, go to, to well Brooklyn? do you go to lerma do you go to <laughs> who do you like who's gonna solve it for you or you just pitch it all across and well my my first question is well what are you trying to do Right. I mean, there's specialists in all kinds of different ways and the people that you get in one place or another, the tools that they have are all different depending on what you're trying to do. What are you trying to do? 
what is the life stage of the brand? Is it a new business? Is it an old business? Is it a brand change? Is it trying to reach people globally? Is it trying to consolidate a bunch of businesses into one? Is it trying to speak to its employees? You know, uh, have you already decided a lot of things and you know that you just need execution into Instagram, you know? Right. Not gonna find a lot of that anymore, like only that, you know, like that kind of thing. But um, what are you trying to do, you know? And, And like, these are all viable options. Like I, you know, it's the premise of a lot of the things that we do are searching for these, you know, off on that or this kind of way of doing things. And that's just not the nature of the world. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we're, we're much more fluid ecosystem of this. And that's why I don't get too bit out of shape when people call for the death of advertising and all this kind of stuff that goes on and on and on. It's just, it's just tired, you know, (laughs) it's like, do you think there's going to be more consolidation? Well, there is. There has been no consolidation. People coming together, consultancies and ad agencies and media. Like it's that, going back. That that appears to be an ongoing trend in holding companies, especially. And when they can consolidate their services to make it more simple for clients to actually engage with them to do things, that's when it makes a lot of sense, especially for like the size of what some of those things are. I've been on a lot of those teams, I've built a lot of those teams, I've led a lot of those teams. But let's not discount and let's talk about the rise of the independent agencies and where some of the people from those agencies have gone to like other places to create new models and new ways and approach things, you know? Or communities, no? You talked about um, recent podcast we did with Jeff Kaufman, Web3 and yeah, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations and all that stuff. Your podcast about the jump tokens with Kaufman and you talking about like a future of things, that has had a heavy influence on, on me over the last couple of months, actually. Like, I, I, I think about it a lot. I, what I really love about that, and maybe that helps, is like, let's get future oriented and think about where we're going. It, it helped me a lot to think about, like, not to get obsessed with, like, do I need to start a VR agency that, you know, has NFTs inside of it that, you know, is complete, exists completely on the blockchain? Is that what I need to do to survive for the future? Is that the next? But rather, like, break those things down into this concept of Web3 treat those things in a bucket and then look at what people are actually asking for or what they feel optimistic about because these technologies exist. Better trust, better truth, better connection, you know, uh, things that are more fair, more equitable, things that are valued, intellectual property is different. It's this thing where like, if you actually look at the commentary within it of like people talking about it, they're, 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 they're describing a world that they want. That's a different world, you know? And it, and it goes back to some of what those principles are of like what we thought the original internet was going to be about. So this web three notion is great. I mean, I'll tell you like, you know, and maybe even use this as, I don't know if it's an announcement of a launch or what it is, but the approach that I have to creativity now, I've been calling it plot, like to plot it out. 
to think about the future and really to do brand building and media strategy and innovation strategy. But the way I call it when I think about it and plot and plotting out the future is narrative creation, course direction, and territory definition for businesses building on a new paradigm. Mm-hmm. And the new paradigm is this approach to the world that the patterns in most of what we know of the world have changed and the patterns are changing all the time. You know, um, lunch in midtown Manhattan is forever altered by the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm not completely willing to give it up that like the only players that are going to survive in that are the people with enough data to only survive on the new patterns. I want to be able to break the data down and give it to new players and independents to be able to do things that can be businesses that build on this. So the the seeds of a new sweet green are out there, you know, yeah. like new players that can actually come and provide new kinds of healthy options so that maybe not the only thing is like the McDonald's of the world is going to do well or these massive chains or whatever it is. That's what I'm excited about. So for me, that's the future. It's like to build brand starting at the beginning that acts as a value system. That's the message creation. That's the cultural connection. You can hear the influence of the Deloitte model in this. Um, That even influences products and talks a lot about what the product experience is, but does the narrative for how that brand is going to exist and, and, and move through the world and is planning for a fluid media ecosystem and is also carving out a, like territories of what spaces they really occupy and what is fair to occupy with this. And that's what your Web3, your Web3 podcast really um you know, you, you might think of that as the NFT podcast, and I think of it as the Web3 podcast because, it, it, you know, it, that, that, that has had a huge influence on me. Ben, thank you so much for coming. It seems like you have exciting things going. Uh, yeah. you're, you're, you're thinking of good, positive uh, things uh, around what could be and bringing your experience to, to, to the table. Uh, I really appreciate you jumping on the podcast again. Really great conversation. Uh, uh, really, really good um, points of view regarding where we're going. Um, thank you again, Ben. I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to, to for you to bring and come to Loud and Clear and bring your voice here. Uh, I hope we catch up soon. And yes, we can we can pick up. Yeah, we can we can do another episode whenever we want. Um, Thank you, listeners, also for hanging around. If people want to look for you, where are you, Ben? I'm in the earth. No, <laughs> like, uh, like uh, where am I? LinkedIn. I think I'm at like LinkedIn.com slash Ben James Human or something like that. That's probably the best place to reach someone professionally at the moment until we create something new. <laughs> it's like a good place. By the way, we are hiring at Lerma and, and it's up, up, up there in LinkedIn. Um, Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe and give us feedback. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Teacher, iHeart, and even Pandora. Uh, Y'all are in a lot of really great places. Thank you. (laughs) 
Well, distribution of podcasts is really not that difficult. So I'm happy to be able to use all those platforms. We we did recently redesign our agency website and we're working on having our podcast up there, but you can still find lermaagency.com forward slash podcast. Thank you, Ben. Thanks again. It's such an honor to talk to you. We'll be in touch and go. Cool. All right. Bye.